Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the She Flourishes podcast. Today, I can't wait to have this conversation with our guest. I have with me here, Dr. Michelle Morkert, and she partners with women leaders around the world to level up their careers, have an impact on their professional field, and work with joy. And she's a women's leadership coach and strategist with a PhD in women's and gender studies. So I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about some ways that um, some of the different social and economic um, issues that can get in the way of women's flourishing. And because Michelle has spent nearly 20 years investigating the way patriarchy operates in the lives of women around the world, she's witnessed powerful feminist disruptions to those systems and knows what's possible. And she's actually interviewed war widows in the Western Highlands of Guatemala. She's researched militarism, gender-based violence, and peace studies. And she's consulted with trailblazing nonprofit leaders in Poland and taught in Croatia as a Fulbright scholar with the U.S. State Department. So Michelle has definitely seen women leaders in action. And what I love about what Dr. Michelle does is that she synthesizes her academic research, advanced certification and competence coaching, and her own lived experience into individualized leadership coaching so that women can show up, stand up, and speak up in any room. And not only has Michelle studied the theories, she has lived them. So it's such an honor and a delight to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so glad we're doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about it too. And I'm so glad we're doing it, especially because uh, it's we're, we're recording this in March of 2023. And we just celebrated International Women's Day recently, and it's Women's History Month. So mm-hmm. it's especially I think, oh, and you were telling me today, today is also a, a another special day, Michelle. Well, it's like, a nut. <laughs> well, not special. But. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's a day. Um, it's a day it's called equal pay day. And so it's the day that um, women earn what men earned in all of 2022. So it took us two and a half months into 2023. Oh. To earn. So we're like two and a half months behind in the, in the fiscal year of 2023. That's what that means. Oh, that's what that day means. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. So we don't talk about how do we even talk about that day honoring, not celebrating, definitely, but um, I guess recognizing. Well, yeah. I mean, because there's so much about it. And, you know, I'll just say this so fast because we're talking about what it is, but it's really the time. And I'll talk about the US specific numbers, but 
um, in the United States, women make 82 cents for every dollar that a man earns. It's like their counterpart. Um, and um, Native American women make 60 cents. Black women make 58 cents. And Latinas make 54 cents. Wow. So the and, and when you look at it over time, like a 20 year old woman makes over four hundred thousand dollars less in her lifetime. Wow. Than her male counterpart. So these are the numbers that really, I think, kind of make it seem real. And there's really specific things that people can do in their workplaces. You know, there's like the annual reviews. There's actually making a plan that's evaluated annually it's making sure that there's equal access not just to the the um the pay equity but also to like professional development for example right i mean this is the kind of thing you talk about too in your work so i know you're really familiar with this and then i just think it's also by having conversations like mm-hmm. let's have a hard conversation and let's be a good listener and let's get educated mm-hmm. and let's all work together because the more people we have in the room with all different lived experiences, the more innovative we can be. And I think we all, you know, want that. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's why I'm I'm uh, really pleased that you said yes to being um, here on the show because I think I love that you're so, um, well, because you have a whole PhD in this, you can really help. Um, you can really help us to understand because I think, you know, sometimes we're just living our lives as women and we don't, and, and people who identify as women, and we don't even see what's happening around us or we become, um, we just forget it's there like, until we bump up against it or until days like International Women's Day come up or Women's History Month. And then it, we're reminded. And and I, I find it interesting. And I'm curious to know what you think, like on a day, like or a month, like Women's History Month. You know, we look back and we can say, oh, look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. But then we can also say, oh, look at how much we, st- how far we still have to go. So like, where, what do you feel and what do you think about like when you, you know, and I know lots of people are asking you and this is like your month because people, <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone, this is all top of mind and you talk about this every day of the yeah. year. Um, so yeah, what's your take? Like, do you no. look at it and say, look how far we've come? Or do you look at it and think, oh boy, you know, there's a long way to go. It's both. I love to know who came before me and to really think about their struggle because so often we think we're the only ones or we don't know, you know, how to do it. So if we look back, we don't have to always reinvent the wheel. You know, we can take lessons from the people who've gone before us upon whose shoulders we stand mm-hmm. so that we can be the shoulders for the next generation. And that is so key. So I believe it's a both and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I had no idea all these things happen. So let's get educated mm-hmm. and then let's have some, you know, loving and righteous um, disruption moving forward. And for people who don't talk about this a lot, because like you said, it's what I, you know, it's what I do, right? I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about these things all the time. Yeah. I think March and International Women's Day is a really good opportunity for people who aren't thinking about it to just take a minute and think about it and then maybe start to have these conversations like I was just saying and in the workplace or in the family or in the community or wherever it might be and think well what can we do moving forward so that it's not just something that people think about one time but I'll I want to celebrate I want to celebrate because I'm I'm part of a lineage I've benefited we've all benefited whether we know it or not from really amazing trailblazers who went before Mm -hmm. and um, I want to mark that because that matters Mm, I love that. And I, I think your newsletter, you said, um, claim International Women's mm-hmm. Day. And how are you going to claim it? 
And I thought that was a really wonderful way of thinking about it. And and I was inspired to look back at, you know, some Canadian women's history. And there's this group, um, the Famous Five, and they were the ones that um, fought so that women in Canada, when, when they spoke about persons in law, it, it didn't include women. It only included men. So women, you weren't considered a person. Mm. And it wasn't until uh, 1929 that yeah. women were considered people in wow. Canada. And when I think about that, and I think that was less than 100 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long, like less like in the lifetime of relatives that we still have that are living, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a good reminder that to me, that is like one the power of women, like a group of five women, look at look at how they changed the world. I'm so inspired by that. Um, so yes, yeah, celebrating that, but also thinking, wow, that's not that long ago. Right. Yes. I was talking about it the other day with somebody in the United States in the 1980s, women were making 80 cents to every dollar. Now we're making 82. Two cents in 40 years yeah. is not enough. No, it is not. So- surprise let's get active let's make a plan let's be you know strategic and so like let's go now yes let's go now and let's be trailblazers i love this term that you use michelle and so for those of you listening like you know this isn't just about you know we want you to get fired up <laughs> That's, we want you to be aware and and i know many people were already aware but i want us to be like okay let's get but let's get fired up. Let's be aware of the issues. And then um, what I'm really looking forward to is Michelle's going to share with us, what can we do? What actions can we take? So this isn't just about like, you know, um, getting upset. It's about, um, because sometimes I know for me, I get, I get angry and then I start to feel disempowered because I feel like, oh, like, how are we ever going to, you know, overcome all of this? Um, So I'm really looking forward to hearing um, what you have to share with us, Michelle, about what we can do and how these things show up every day for us. So tell us a little bit about, so you run something called the Trailblazer Collective. And can you tell us, like, what do you mean when you refer to a trailblazer? Because my wish is is for women listening to be inspired to be trailblazers. Mm -hmm. Thanks. That's such a good question. I love the term trailblazer. I mean, I know what I think of. I'll just ask you, when you hear trailblazer, what's the vibe you get? I'm curious. Yeah, it's well, fiery, like fired up, right? Because the blaze is in there and like creating like go where there's, you know, uh, pioneering, like create your own trail. Um, You know, don't what is it? Don't go where the path may lead. Um, Mm -hmm. Create your own and leave a trail. Like I, I think of that and um, I forget who who said that, but um, yeah, that's what I think of. Yeah, perfect. Yes, that's what I think of too. And that's why I like that phrase because I think that it means something along the same lines to most people and it's aspirational. You know, like I think we would like to be trailblazers, many of us. And when we break it down to what a trailblazer actually is, we realize that we've known a lot of trailblazers in our lives. Like it could be your grandma. You know, it could be like that, that teacher or mentor that you had, you know? Um, So I think that a trailblazer is somebody who's courageous and it doesn't mean that they're not scared. It means that they're doing the thing when they're scared, right? Because they have a desire to make change, to leave this world a better place. 
um, for the next generations. It means they're willing to do the tough thing because a trailblazer is somebody who maybe hasn't seen it ever done before. And it seems like a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're like, what are you thinking? We don't do that here. That's not what women or people who identify as women are supposed to do. You have to stay mm-hmm. in your lane, stay in your box. And they keep breaking, they keep pushing out of it. And so there's a lot of strategy behind it. And that's why I call myself a coach and a strategist, because um, we have to figure out the system, you know, we have Mm -hmm. to figure out where we're going to enter into the conversations, what needs to stay, what needs to go. Um, So I think a trailblazer is somebody who keeps going, Mm -hmm. right? That's the other piece is you keep going when it gets hard and know it's going to be hard, but the, the so I did a fire walk once. I wrote about this in my newsletter. And I was, I was okay. I was reading that and I was going to ask, I was, I was dying to ask you about that. So yes. Tell us. I, I did it. So, but what I learned from that is I think a trailblazer prioritizes the goal that the, the good that they want to see, right. That disruption, that loving disruption over their fear. Mm. It just because sometimes the fear is so strong, right? It is in the driver's seat. And what a trailblazer has to do on a daily basis is figure out how that fear fits into her life and to prioritize the other, right? Mm-hmm. So that she's thinking about her goal, she's thinking about the potential, she's thinking about what's possible for the world um, or for the particular group of people that she, you know, wants to advocate for mm-hmm. and finding a way it's a daily process. It's a daily mm-hmm. practice. It's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence isn't just like a feeling we have. It's something that we build over time. And I think a trailblazer learns to build that muscle and it's mm-hmm. not easy. And I'm just so grateful for all the trailblazers that have gone ahead Mm. and so many around us. And um, it's a lonely path too. And so I love to partner Mm. with them. When I see a successful woman, I think, ah, I wonder who's her community, who's her coach, who's her support system, Mm. because um, it's really hard to go it alone and be the only one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as women, my sense is we really, we thrive in community. Mm Mm-hmm. When, you know, and maybe not all personality types, but when, when women come together, um, I feel such a power there with women supporting other women or, or, you know, finding a community, but yeah, being the trailblazer, it can be lonely because you're on that path by yourself, right? Like that's not the reason it is a path that you're trailblazing through is because right. no one else is on it in the first place, right? Yeah. You've got the machete, right? You're cutting through the jungle, yeah. right? Yeah. And- you're not joining the path, you're you're creating it and then others yeah. join. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I'm a big downhill skier and I've been spending, I, I do a lot of downhill skiing in the winter. And, uh, and it's funny because in the mornings we like, we say, oh, let's get there early and let's get first tracks. And so the whole idea is, you know, you want to be like the one to create the tracks because it can be really fun, right? To be that fresh snow and, and, you know, to be the, the first one out there and it can be exciting. Um, and then other times if the snow is deep or thick or heavy, it's like, oh my God, this is really hard to cut through this. And sometimes like, and then later in the day, it's like, I don't want to go on those 
those on that snow that no one's been on yet. I want to go where the grooves are because it's, it's a lot easier when you get tired. So I'm just thinking it's just an interesting way of looking at it, right? It can be fun. It can be exciting. Um, it can feel new and fresh and yet it can be, um, it can get tiring and you can, yeah, run and you can fall and hurt yourself. (laughs) At least when it comes to skiing. (laughs) I'm not a skier, so I don't know. I'm like flat Midwest, you know, Um, Chicago. Um, But that's a great way to think about it. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about um, when you and I were talking uh, offline about, you know, our conversation today. Um, You were talking about like there's so you know, we want to we talked about how trailblazing is actually very similar to flourishing, right? How um, you know, and I'm all about helping women flourish in the world. And I do think sometimes there's things that get in our way. And so, um, whether it's thinking of yourself as someone who's flourishing or, or a trail or trailblazing, um, what are the things that get in the way that we may not even realize are getting in the way? Mm-hmm. I think about this in three really specific ways and we can branch off of however we want to go. But I think that, um, we can get so exhausted because mm-hmm. there's so many competing needs um, for our time where we want to help other people in our lives. We have responsibilities at work and at home and in our communities. Um, and we're also trained. We learn growing up that we are responsible for a whole lot of other people, right? We ha- that, that there's a really specific way to do this. And I think that to be a female, um, and so that can be very exhausting, I think it can be lonely to be a trailblazer. Again, like we were saying, you're the first one out there, right? So I'm just going to wait and see how it goes first, right? Before I stand up to, before I speak up to. So it can be very lonely. And then it can also feel really scary um, because you are taking risks. I mean, let's think about that glass ceiling concept. How many times do you hit your head on the glass ceiling before you create a crack? And even Mm -hmm. then it's just a crack. It's not like it shatters completely, right? Mm -hmm. So I think those three things um, really are pretty key to address in our lives, that exhaustion the loneliness and the fear. Okay. So exhaustion, loneliness, and fear. And yeah, definitely. I can see the parallels like when we're, we want to flourish, but it's like, you know, we're exhausted. And so what are some of the reasons why we're exhausted? Mm -hmm. Would you say like what, what talk about that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Well, we, yeah. So we talked a bit about this ahead of time, like what it can look like, you know, why are we feeling so exhausted? We've talked about, you know, people are are hearing about this concept of imposter syndrome quite a bit lately. I'm giving a talk later this week about imposter syndrome, but I always say beyond imposter syndrome because um, imposter syndrome is a series of experiences that we have and ways that we deal with systems that really aren't designed for us, where we feel out of place, where the power dynamics maybe are not even, right? So somebody who's a first in their field, so it could be you know, maybe you're the first woman in your department, right? You're a minority in some way in that space. And so you don't feel like you belong. Well, because you don't feel like you belong, then you often take steps to fix that, right? Which mm-hmm. leads to perfectionism, thinking like, okay, if I can be perfect, if I can mm-hmm. be like flawless, then it's going to be okay. Then mm-hmm. I belong. Then nobody can question me, except we know that perfectionism isn't a thing, you know, and in order to be perfect, because it doesn't exist, then you have to overwork. Mm. You have to keep working. 
you don't get to stop. Because we never reach perfectionism, so we're no, exhausted. We never reach it. Exactly. <laughs> right. So we just keep working, and then we get mm. so right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, those are some of the reasons. But then there's also some of the structural things too, like what we talk about as second shift labor. You know, so women doing more of the work still in the um, homes in heterosexual relationships, and so while. Um, we see women graduating from undergraduate degrees in the United States at a higher rate than males. We're still seeing that they're doing more work at home. Even now. Even, Even now. like the recent, the younger ones. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't mean both people aren't doing things at home because they are, but there's still more of that second shift labor. And then there's that emotional labor that goes along with the gender norms, right? About like caretaking and being really in tune to everyone else's feelings and well-being, right? Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is this emotional labor this invisible labor then transfers over into the workplace too. So if you feel like you don't belong, well, mm-hmm. they ask for a volunteer, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You're going to volunteer, yeah. right? Because you're trying to make a way. That's what it is. You're trying to find a way to make yourself feel safe and to belong in that space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of a really exhausting formula. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And wow. Yeah. So there's so much, and we're going to talk about, like, once we talk about these three things, I do want to talk about what we can do to overcome that, because I think yep. that's really important. Um, and one of the things I hear clients say um, or even women out in the world saying is things like um, that perfectionism, like I'll go and start that business um, after I lose 20 pounds or like, I, you know, I should really, you know, do my headshots or my photos, um, but, you know, I'm going to wait because I'm not until I lose the weight or until I'm more fit or, and they're not showing up, they're hiding because of how they look. And, um, and our friend, uh, how we met mutual, our mutual friend and, and how we met through her program, um, our friend, Susan Hyatt, she was saying recently, she was just posting about a woman who didn't turn her camera on for a final interview for a job, like a, a big job that she really wanted, but, um, didn't turn her camera on and didn't get the job because she didn't, you know, show up because she was a, because of the way she felt she looked. And I hear those stories and I hear women talking like that. And it, it breaks my heart because I think when I think about how we're hiding or we're shrink, not shrink, not, not shrink, but how we're making ourselves, um, well, we are, we're hiding from, uh, so, you know, we might have these dreams and these goals and I'm all about, you know, us being out in the world and sharing our gifts, but you take a woman who's feeling like I don't look perfect enough to be out there in the world. Um, you know, it, it, I find that so, so difficult. And I don't know what, what you have to say about that, Michelle, like for women that are listening, that maybe are hearing themselves in that and thinking, yeah, I've done that. Um, oh, yeah. I've done that. You've done yeah, it. We've all I've done it. Some way, right. <laughs> yeah. in some way. I mean, the, the weight loss thing, it's like, oh, I'll buy shirts, but not pants. I've done that. Mm, yeah. it's like, <laughs> so I have really old pants, but like nice tops. Like, I mean, Zoom especially with Zoom, me, you with know? <laughs> before Zoom, even you know, it's it or the headshot thing. You know, I can remember all of, experiencing all of that, especially going into business, um, because you're really putting yourself out there, as you know, and it can be very scary. And we see 
on Susan's comments, especially she's always getting really negative, hateful comments. And Mm -hmm. if we're going to be afraid of that, then we're not Mm going to be able to do the thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's two points that come up to me, come up for me when we talk about this. One is the role of that inner critic, Mm. that little voice that says like, you don't look good. Turn off your camera. You can't be on camera. Right. Mm -hmm. The fact that that voice only shows up when we're doing something, it seems is risky to that voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Showing up for a job interview that seems risky because you're expanding, you're flourishing, you're, you're trailblazing, right? Turning on your camera when you don't feel like you look like a model, that can feel really risky. Um, and so if you're you know, doing things in a small way, staying put, because safety is the priority, which I understand that. I've been there. I've lived uh, so much of my life with safety as my number one priority. Um you're not going to, though, expand and meet those goals and dreams that you have that your prefrontal cortex is saying are possible, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing is, I think, dealing with the inner critic. And the other piece is that confidence, we think, is a feeling that we're supposed to have and that we're supposed to wait to feel it before we take the mm-hmm. action. And that's not actually the way it works. We take courageous action. We feel like we're going to, I don't know faint, die, um, the world's going to collapse, it's completely irrational, or we get into freeze mode, which is what procrastination is. It's a it's a fear response, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just, we get stuck. So we have to overcome that and take courageous action to give ourselves the evidence mm-hmm. to do this thing, right? So this woman who didn't turn on her camera, okay, she didn't get the job. The next time she's going to know she showed up, but she didn't turn on the camera. So next time, maybe she'll turn on the camera. I don't know if she's going to get the job, but then the third time she's going to go and she's going to keep that camera on and she's going to be better than she was the time she didn't turn on the camera. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's taking these courageous steps helps us build our expertise so Mm -hmm. we can have that confidence. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I like that. And I, I know you talk a lot about, and I love this term on your Instagram. You talk a lot about glass shattering confidence. Mm -hmm. And I just love that idea. And I think, um, can you say more about when you say glass shattering confidence, what that means to you? Yeah. Again, it means doing the hard thing when you're afraid, um, because if you think about what it means to shatter the glass, it's not comfortable no. at all, yeah. at all. And I think that we glamorize trailblazers, the flourishing process, you know, is like, oh, this wonderful result. Well, it's never done. And there's just so much hard that goes along with it. Isn't that in fences that you have to take the crookeds with the straights? right? It's like it all goes together. And so we can't get to those successes or those, you know, those high points unless we've done all the rest of the work to get there. So I think glass shattering, you know, courage is a practice and it's a willingness Mm -hmm. to, you know, go out there and live your life, do your thing, even if other people don't agree because you're, you know, you're breaking out of those boxes. Mm -hmm. So good. And so good to remember. Yeah, we don't, we're not going to feel perfect and we're not going to feel confident. We have to do, do the thing to become more confident. And it's not always going to be easy. It's going to take courage to go out there and do that. 
So you talked about so exhaustion and all the reasons why we're exhausted. And I know we, you know, talking about imposter syndrome, talking about perfectionism. And then next you said uh, loneliness. We're feeling lonely. So, and we talked a little bit, yeah, being on the trail and being by yourself. What else happens? Like, how does that get in the way of our flourishing if we're feeling lonely? Mm-hmm. Well, when we feel isolated, then we don't have other people to really support us or to bounce ideas off of. We can really get stuck in our own heads, right? And we can then begin to believe the narrative that we're telling ourselves. And we know that neuroplasticity is all about shifting, right? Some of those narratives. And so I need somebody else's opinion to come in and say, Michelle, no, that's not true. <laughs> Like, or, or, or you think it's true. I think this is true. Who's right? How do we know? Right. But when we're so busy trying to be the superhuman, which is one of the profiles of imposter syndrome, right? It's like the perfectionist, the superhuman, the natural genius, the loner. Um, you know, we think if we ask for help, someone's going to think we don't know what we're doing. If we reach out to somebody else, they're going to think that we're weak. And we think, well, we can't afford to be weak. We have to be strong all the time. Trailblazers are not strong all the time. Nobody is. And so we need to have community and these deep relationships to support us. And we need to mm-hmm. prioritize it. And I'm sure you think about that all the time with your clients. How are you prioritizing you in your schedule? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And part of that being, and well, in positive psychology, like relationships are being shown again and again and again to be one of the top pathways to flourishing. And it's the relationships in our lives that can can have such a big impact on us. Mm-hmm. So I I love that. And um, I think it's sad when that, you know, women are feeling so lonely. And I think it's great though, that, you know, talking about it is the first step, right? And being aware and then saying, okay, well, what can you do? And we'll, we'll get to that. What can you do if you're feeling lonely as I'm sure, you know, and I know as an entrepreneur, you can be feeling, I can be sitting here, you know, coming up with things in my own head thinking, well, yeah, like, you know, let's have a meeting, meet with me, myself and I, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's important to like, I know, you know, I'm part of a mastermind, I run a mastermind, I, you know, bring groups together. And it's, it's important to have people that you trust or have a coach or people that you can rely on. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing, and we've kind of already been jumping, jumping into it a bit with the fear, right? So like doing things as we're feeling scared. And so a lot of it is, it's scary, it's fearful, but that's, that's okay, right? That we need to. Yes. Getting comfortable with fear, you know, mm-hmm. not thinking that there's a problem when we feel afraid, there's nothing wrong with you. And this is where I love thinking about my research. I can guarantee you, you are not broken. You do not need to be fixed. I've seen it, you know, globally. I've, I know the research. So you I promise are okay. And it's fine to feel scared. And we're scared for so many different reasons. And if we can learn to let that kind of ride along with us, and maybe not be in the driver's seat, like strap it in the baby car seat, not baby, but you know, <laughs> back there, <laughs> the right? Back seat. <laughs> yeah, back there. Um, so we can still see it, you know, frontward facing, right? Like the toddler seat. Um, yeah. Um, you know, like we don't have to try to fight up against it because then mm-hmm. we're just fighting ourselves and and it's really such a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. So I hope people are listening really carefully to what Michelle is saying that, you know, it's okay to be scared. And if you're waiting until you're not afraid 
and you have all the confidence and you feel like everything's perfect, mm-hmm. you're not going to go out and do the things that are going to bring you that fulfillment and the things that are going to help you to, you know, live that trailblazing, flourishing life. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll just say this too. It can be anything, Brenda. Like, what is it for you? That's the mm-hmm. other piece, right? Because it doesn't mean you have to go become a, um, an entrepreneur. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to go to grad school, but maybe that's what it is for you. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's taking a class to learn something, you know, like a hobby, for example. Maybe it's about your health. Maybe it's about a relationship. Maybe you want to travel. Maybe you want to learn how to swim. I, I mean, it can be anything. These don't have to be some kind of like giant life changes. We can be afraid to do a lot of things. And so if we start small, um, it's mm-hmm. going to just keep expanding and what's possible then starts to, you know, filter through all the rest of our lives. Mm, yes. Thank you for saying that it can, it can be, it doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. I think that's so good to remember that. And, and I think too, like, as we get older, I know for me, I think a lot about this, like sometimes I want comfort. I want to be comfortable and it's important to be trying new things. It's important to be growing and developing. And and I think it can be really easy to fall into that trap of making our lives really small because that's what, what is comfortable. And yet the goal, like you said, could sort of be on the other side of, mm-hmm. of the, the fear and what you want can be on like the fire. And, and you don't have to do yeah. a fire walk either. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to do a fire walk. <laughs> like, like Michelle. <laughs> right. But what if, what if, Brenda, this is such a good point being comfortable is the thing you're scared of is the thing that gives you the most discomfort because some of us are really uncomfortable with a weekend we'd rather be working some of us are really uncomfortable with downtime some of us are really uncomfortable going on vacation some of us are uncomfortable staying in bed on the weekends an extra couple hours Mm. because we don't think that we deserve it somehow or that we have to keep earning you know we have to keep working and keep moving and so sometimes it's the comfort that's the thing that's scary and we have to think about that you know that it's okay to be comfortable it's okay to take Mm -hmm. a break you don't have Mm -hmm. to keep proving your worth to somebody else you're a human being confidence is your birthright and you get to relax Mm. oh I like that and I needed to hear that thank you that's good (laughs) we're allowed to we're allowed to be comfortable we're allowed to relax yes Mm -hmm. so true And instead of, yeah, efforting and thinking we need to be proving ourselves all the time, right? So that we're worthy, we're feeling enough. And so let's talk about what are some actionable Mm -hmm. tips and things that people can do that if they're feeling exhausted, if they're feeling lonely, if they're feeling scared, Mm -hmm. they want to flourish. What are, what are some ideas that um, you would like? you would recommend or that you Mm -hmm. think would be helpful for people? Yeah, there's so many Mm -hmm. ideas. Um, I actually, I won't lean over to get it because I'll go out of the shot, but I have um, markers over there in the corner and I color code my calendar for myself. I mean, I have my digital calendar, but I also have a paper calendar and yellow is my favorite color. Mm. And so I always put yellow in for me. What's for me in my calendar? To prioritize my pleasure, my comfort, and it can be really challenging if I don't 
put it in there because I still find that I'll put in everything else. And I'm like, oh, there's really no yellow here this week. And I was planning to put in yellow, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't think about it ahead of time. I didn't plan it, you know, because the taking care of myself isn't going to be spontaneous always. I have to Mm -hmm. think about it ahead of time. And if I don't actually sit down at the beginning of the week and decide what I want to do for myself, I'm probably not going to get to it because I'm going to try to fit it inside of every, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen. I'm going to be too tired. So um, planning that comfort, planning what's for me, planning mm-hmm. some downtime is really important. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And that's hard. Okay. I'm yes. telling you, it's really hard. Yes. And even when you put it there in color on your on your calendar, that can be the thing that you know, when, when you get challenged, like, oh, can you do this? And it can say, oh, I can just I'll move that it. to next week. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll skip it. Yeah. So it's like setting that boundary with ourselves that we matter. And I think mm-hmm. about that a lot of times with my clients, I want to help them advocate for themselves like they do for everybody else in the world and in mm-hmm. their life. And so that's why I love coaching because I partner with my clients and I walk with them, you know, so they feel less lonely, they feel less scared, and we can come up with strategies for them to feel less exhausted. And I, while mm-hmm. I care that their families are happy and they like their jobs, they are who I'm caring most about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they just don't have that in their lives. So maybe we need to look at their calendar. We also almost always need to talk about that inner critic mm-hmm. and how it holds us back and how every single human being on the planet has one. So mm-hmm. it's okay. It's totally normal when it shows up. And we have strategies for how to expect it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do something that is is uh, kind of risky, you know, that hasn't been done before or is just risky for you, expect the inner critic to show up. It's just like fear. It's not a problem that it's there. So it's not a problem that the inner critic shows up. In fact, it's like, hey, kind of thought you were going to show up. I was waiting around for you. I'm doing this really radical thing I'm scared to do. Um, I expected you to be there. So reframing the inner critic as a sign that you're actually, you know, on the path to flourishing, you're on the path to trailblazing, you're on the path to achieving your goals and doing it your way. Mm -hmm. So that's another one is thinking about that inner critic. Mm, I like that. And just saying, oh, there you are. Like, you know, I guess kind of like the fear they're along for the ride or, you know, realizing they're going to be there. Do you have anything like, so if that inner critic shows up and you say, okay, I, I recognize that it's here. Um, what do you do then? Like, do you have, you know, a comment? Cause we can also spend a lot of effort, right. And a lot of like, oh, trying yeah. to, like you know, shut them up. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, they're not gonna. <laughs> not gonna shut up, right? If you start fighting it, it's gonna get louder mm-hmm. and louder because you're not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. so I have a three-prong approach. I call it um reframe, rename, and reclaim with the inner critic. So reframing it is expecting it, like we just talked about, right? So it's not like white knuckling, like, oh God, I really, you know, I'm afraid to do this because I don't think I can handle the inner critic when it comes up. I don't think I can handle the self-judgment. Mm-hmm. So um So that's the first one is expecting it to come up. The second one is the renaming. And so, and I bet you're so familiar with this and why it matters in positive Mm -hmm. psychology. But when we give it a name, I don't care what it is, whatever feels right to you. And often it's 
really silly. And mm-hmm. I think that's helpful. There's, there's a really important reason that it feels silly too. Mm-hmm. So give it a name, whatever it feels like, whatever it sounds like, what's the name that comes up? My only rule about the name is that it's not the name of somebody, you know, mm-hmm. right? right. It's not like the devil, right? Mm, like, yes. I don't want to be like so negative, like it's your enemy. Mm-hmm. It's just a name. It's just whatever it signifies to you. So I was um, talking with a client the other day who picked Thanos, you know, from Avengers. Mm, yes, yes. Really big, right? Thanos. And she's kind of small and Thanos feels so big, right? Mm. And Thanos had this idea of getting rid of half the population was going to be good for the rest of the world. So Thanos had an idea of what was right, but it wasn't right, right? And so she felt like this really helped her understand Mm. the size of it and the scope of it, that it's not out to hurt her, actually. There's a reason that it's there. And then when we give it a name, then we take it out from like truth inside of us and our full on identity. And we set it aside a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, Thanos is talking again. Mm -hmm. Okay. I kind of expected Thanos to show up. Right. Right? And it actually takes the power so much of the power out of it doesn't mean you can't Mm -hmm. hear it but Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel so true and urgent right Mm -hmm. like it kind of calms the nervous system down a little bit too yes Um, and so again it's like the strapping into the you know car seat Mm -hmm. in the back right you come along come along okay I'm not trying to get rid of you because Mm -hmm. you're there for a reason I mean that safety instinct we have has kept Mm -hmm. us safe for a very long time. It's just that sometimes it shows up in, um, in an inappropriate way. It's a whole different mm-hmm. circumstance and we don't mm-hmm. need that. And we have to remind ourselves I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. And I've done all these other really hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another one too. And I'll get to the third part of the inner critic, but the other one is marking our milestones. Mm-hmm. That's very important because I think that so often we move from one success to another and we don't fully allow ourselves to feel proud to feel and remember Mm -hmm. how hard this was what we've actually accomplished Mm because we need like a repository of our own evidence because we're not going to compare and despair like brenda has a podcast and i don't oh my god i'm not a very good coach right like that doesn't help anything it's not a competition what are my like successes that i Mm -hmm. were because they're personal for me so um so when the inner critic shows up it's like oh okay, I hear you, but I've also got all this evidence that what you're saying doesn't really apply to me at this age and in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that third part, the um, so it's the reframe, rename, and reclaim. And the reclaiming I've already mentioned, which is maybe it's a sign that I'm blazing a trail. Maybe it's a sign that I'm flourishing. Maybe it's a sign that I'm shattering some glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I was being a good girl, you know, human, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be rock in the boat. Mm. Um, and so maybe it's a sign that I'm, I'm doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. I think that really is helpful. And a couple things I want to say about that one is um, I, I'm a big believer in marking milestones. Like I will celebrate even little things. I, I, <laughs> and, and if I see my friends have accomplished something and they don't take the time, um, and I know my husband, he'll be like, okay, that's great. But then he's already on to the next thing. And I'll be like, wait, no, we need to celebrate this. This is important. This is, you know, this is, you know, we need to celebrate our success and our milestones along the way. Cause we know it's a long journey to where, you know, what we're doing. So let's, let's enjoy and, and celebrate. 
Um, and then, yeah, and have that, I like that idea of having, like, be able to say to yourself, oh, I've, I've accomplished all these other things. And, and even a reminder too, that, oh yeah, when I was doing those other things, I felt this way then too. Yes. And sometimes like, I'll remind myself like, oh, I must be doing something really big here because yeah, fear has shown up. The inner critics shown up. They're all, they're all here for the party. <laughs> I feel like I want to throw up my body temperatures <laughs> off. I'm like sweating yeah. right? all the things. And yeah. so you're marking the milestones. It's not just the, that moment that you succeeded, but it was like, when did you think you were going to throw up along the way? When was yeah. your body temperature out of whack throughout the oh, way? Interesting. Right? Yes. And then in the success in that moment when you're like, oh my gosh, it just happened. How did that feel in your body? Mm-hmm. right? And really get familiar with all of those and just experience the full range of human emotion because mm-hmm. that's that's the journey. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it it is, it's like when you do these things, these hard things that make us feel, you know, all of, you know, the inner critics showing up and and um, the fear showing up, it can, it's hard and you do, you feel, it doesn't feel good to feel those things. And yet if we really believe we really want to do these things we i believe we do need to make a commitment to them and be willing to um you know face those fears be willing to have those times when we're feeling like we're going to throw up because what's on the other side or like i love that idea of when you did the fire walk it's like oh my gosh i've got to walk over this fire to get to the goal like on the other side and uh and yet it can be so worth it if it's something that's important to you and something you really want to do and again as you said it doesn't have to be this huge thing it can be it can be something small like taking a class you've always been interested in and something you always want to do but that can be scary too right showing up for the first day yeah. and or even signing up can feel feel scary Definitely. yeah um like investing in yourself spending money on yourself right we think oh i don't I can't, you know, there's so many other things that I should be doing or, or think about networking. So many people are really afraid of networking or public speaking, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so many ways that um, we bump up against our fears and our limiting beliefs. And then when we push through it in a loving way, I don't mean to violate our nervous system and put us into some sort of, you know, state that's really unhealthy, but in a, a really loving, kind, you know, thoughtful way, we we become the next version of ourselves. Mm. Every day we do. Mm-hmm. The next version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a really great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, oh my gosh, there's so much in here. And I could talk to you about this. Like I, I, could talk to you about this all day and you're such a wealth of knowledge and uh, I love these practical ideas that you're sharing as well with us. So I do want to just wrap up with one question I like to ask all my guests, which is um, when you think about um, flourishing, what's one thing that you most recommend that women and those who identify as women do to flourish in their lives? or to mm-hmm. trailblaze in their lives, as you would put it. Yeah. yeah. The big one, the to me, the really big one is develop, to develop self-trust. Mm. Now that's like a lifelong journey. You know, it's not like something I gave you where it's like a little tip, you know? I mean, this right. is, <laughs> but 
It's also, though, developing self-trust because we're so used to looking outside of ourselves or somebody else's opinion on how we should look and dress and act and what our goals should be or shouldn't be, right? What we're allowed to do. So we're often taught to cede our authority to somebody else. And so it's really the self-trust thing is um, taking authority over my own life, right? My own agency and celebrate other women when they do it too. Because when you take steps you know, that are really rooted in your, your self knowing and your agency, it's going to look really different than what I do. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm out there like, what is Brenda doing? <laughs> like, that's not help, right? That's not helping. <laughs> anybody. That just means that I'm so afraid to trust myself that I, I really want to like get everybody to just stay calm and in their lanes so that I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. But we all get like liberated when one of us is getting liberated, right? When we can see that liberation in somebody else, we begin to wonder what's possible for us. So I think really, you know, developing our self-trust and then encouraging other women and supporting and celebrating them when they do is so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yes. Like, to see that and celebrate it. It's like, wow, look at the self-trust, you know, look what she's doing. And yeah, to get curious and get excited about it and to celebrate that. And uh, you're right. And it's when one of us does it, you know, and we see the others doing it ahead of us, it does, it gives us the courage. It gives us the belief in ourselves that, wow, she can do it. Um, Maybe I can do that too. And yeah. Yeah. So that self-trust and yes, and that takes time and, and all the things you've talked about today are all things that can help us to Mm -hmm. develop that self-trust for sure. Um, Can I just get you to, I'm just looking at behind you and I know those on the podcast can't see it, but uh, there's a poster behind you and Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. It's um, can you tell us what it says there? Yeah, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. It's that Margaret Mead quote. Mm. I love it because it's really about community. Um, And then there's these images of like silhouettes of women holding hands. I mean, it looks like maybe they're women. I'm imagining them Mm. as who identify as women. Um, But think about it, because I think we're all trailblazers. You know, and so when we're flourishing right in that fullness and we're doing it together, I mean, anything is possible. It Mm -hmm. is how we change the world. And just you having this conversation, you know, in your own life changes the world. And when we do it collective, mm, anything's possible. Yes. Yes. And all the people listening are the ripple effect of this. They're going to be inspired. And I, I as a mom of, I have a daughter and uh, well, I have a daughter and a son. And I, I think it's so important for both of my kids to see uh, me going out into the world and, and doing what, what I do, because I think it also um, all the things we're doing um, as women um, now, like our, um, our, our children and young people, they're watching us and they're seeing what we're doing. And uh, hopefully we're going to help to change the world for them too. And and then they can, you know, yes. pa- we can pass the torch on to them and they can continue to make these changes that are, that are so needed. Um, mm. So Michelle, and I know you go by, um, I know your clients lovingly call you Dr. Michelle. Um, (laughs) So for people that you, I know you have an amazing newsletter and you do coaching and you have your trailblazer collective. So if people want to connect with you and hear more about the work you do in the world, 
and I know they will want to connect with you, how can they best do that? Yep. I think go to my website, michellemorkert.com is probably the best starting place because it's there that you can sign up for the newsletter. You can um, schedule a free call if you just want to like chat and learn about what coaching is all about. Um, And you can read all my blogs. Speaking of marking milestones, I was looking at it the other day. I started writing my blog in 2019. Really? I was so happy with myself when I realized that because I never took the time to notice Mm. that I'd been doing it for that long. I'm like, that is a practice. I'm proud of myself for having done that. So um, so if you go to my website, it's really the repository for all the information. And then of course you can find me on um, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And on LinkedIn, I'll, you know, sometimes put my live recordings on there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's your handle on Instagram? Dr. Michelle. Dr. Michelle. Okay. So we will make sure we put all of those in the show notes, your website, your Instagram, your Facebook. So people know, and LinkedIn, so people know how to connect with you. Um, And yeah, I do highly recommend, and they can subscribe to your newsletter, right? By going on your, your website. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend that you subscribe and, and get, uh, get Michelle's information because uh, it's good. And, and read her blog. And that is, that is something to celebrate. So what are you going to do to celebrate that? Well, I did celebrate it. Oh, you did it. celebrate it. Okay, I good. did celebrate it. Yeah, good, good. I really took the time. And then I started talking about it to people. I was like, did you know I've been writing my newsletter since 2019? And I put it out there and just had a conversation with like a whole bunch of different people over the course of the day because I was feeling really excited about good, it. Good. Um, I went back and I looked at it and just kind of thought, look at me and the journey that I've been on because I'm telling you, those ones in 2019, they're really <laughs> different than the ones you read today. And then I had this moment of, oof, should I get rid of them? I thought, no, absolutely not. It's it's just my journey. And so mm. I'm really happy to leave it out there for everybody mm. to see if they want. Yeah. And it becomes a body of work, right? Like to have a blog that you've been doing since 2019, I think it's something to really be proud of. And I'm like, you know, almost at, you know, at the time of this recording, I'm almost 20 episodes into the podcast. And that feels like an accomplishment. It's like, you know, even though, you know, it's only been since last November, but when you start to do something, have that consistent practice of doing something, it is, it's, it, it's great. And it's great to celebrate those, those milestones along the way and to, to take pride in the, the work that we're doing and, and the service that we're offering to the world as well. And I know everything that you offer, it's so helpful um, for your clients and for those of us that follow you. So thank you. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad we got this in during Women's History Month and that we're here to talk about all of this together. And uh, I just so appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.